Good morning and welcome the uh, week of July 4th. This is one of the busiest traveling weeks of the year. A lot of people are at the beach, so I'm pumped up how many people are here this morning. And I just want to say, if you guys are guests with us this morning, how excited we are that you're here with us. We are honored that you would choose Four Points to hang out with us this morning. I want to say uh, one quick thing, and this is this has, literally has nothing to do with my message or anything else. It's just the Lord brought it to my attention this morning, I think, and it's through a friend. And so um, I, when I went on vacation a couple weeks ago, um, I got up early and went to a church in North Myrtle Beach that I thought was a really good church. And um, I was a visitor, and I was completely by myself. Um, Leah Haston was acting like he is this morning because that, that squalling in the back is my kid, so praise the Lord for that. That's why he's not in here, just, just a side note. But um, uh, Haston was acting bad, so Laney and I got up, and we went to church by ourselves. And um, So anyway, I walked in, and I kind of felt alone, and I, I felt like, I mean, I'm a pastor, so I, I don't get to be a visitor, right? I, I just walk in, and I don't get to be a guest, and I'm the one that's supposed to greet everybody, and so I don't get that feeling, and it was really good time of reflection for me, so... Um, what I want to tell you this morning is no matter where you've come from and no matter how difficult your life has been this week or for the last month or for the last year, no matter how much shame you have in your life or how, much, how many wins you've had, how much pride is just filling your life because things are good, it's all level here. We don't look at you and say, oh, he's got money, so we're glad he's here, or he's poor, or he's a different color than we are, or he doesn't smell real good. We're excited about every single person here. Mickey already mentioned this. This church exists to reach the least, the lost, and the lonely with the gospel of Jesus and see life change happen as a result, and that's why we do everything that we do. This is truly a hospital for sinners, not a hotel for saints. And so we are here for you guys. We are here to help, and I don't ever want you to feel embarrassed walking in this place. No matter what you did, and you might have really screwed up last week, but it's talked about in my message today, and so I'm excited to tell you, the Lord, when you ask him for forgiveness, Jesus doesn't hold your sins against you. We might as, as friends and as family, but Jesus doesn't. And so, listen, if, if you didn't hear my message last week, none of y'all are more jacked up than I am. None of y'all. Like, no one struggles any worse than I do, I promise. And I'm not saying that for preacher talk. I mean that with all my heart. So we're pumped that you're here. And this is what I want you to do for the next few minutes. I just want you to... Take off that layer that you have or that, that I don't really know if I want to listen. And I just want you to listen because I really believe the Lord has a message this morning for you guys. And just let him, let him do a work in your life this morning that maybe he never would otherwise. So before I get into the message, I do want to say it's, it's, we celebrate Independence Day. And so I wore something that kind of looks like a flag. I need like a red sash, right, so I can really look like a flag because I didn't quite, but it's kind of like the stars and stuff, or a tablecloth, and I'm, try, I'm doing Insanity, I just started it, and it's awful, so don't ever do it if you, if you don't have to, but I'm trying to get rid of the tablecloth look, but anyway, so I, I do want to say that I'm grateful to live in America, um, I say all the time, um, I love missions and I love going to other countries, but I am grateful that we live here, and I hope y'all have an awesome Independence Day, and that is all I'm going to talk about it today, so I hope that's not offensive to you, and if it is, that's okay. Write a blog about it, so that's good. Anyway, we've started a sermon series. If you're new today or you haven't been in a while, uh, we've started a sermon series uh, at the beginning of the summer called Roots. And the purpose of this sermon series is to dig in and realize what we believe, why we believe it, and kind of 
kind of just look at some of the things that maybe are questions or look at some of the things that, that you know, but we need to look at again. And so today's eternity. Today, today's message is going to be on eternity. And like every, this is not like necessarily a biblical truth as much as just truth that is hard to get your mind around. And so when I think of eternity, I think of a couple things. And the first thing is, how many of you men go shopping with your wives? Raise your hand high. Be honest. Like, she drags you higher, Jeff, thank you, higher. You, so you go shopping at the mall. If any of you like it, it's, you probably need to leave because I'm just, it's weird. So, <laughs> I mean, you can stay, but it is weird. So, like, this is what eternity feels like to me, okay? Like, this might even be date night, and this is a bad idea, women. So if you ever want to, like, earn points with your man, which y'all don't need points because we live in the doghouse, but it's okay. But, like, if you ever want to earn points with your man, don't go to the mall, it's freaking horrible, okay? Because this is what it's like. It's like, oh my gosh, that's the coolest store ever. And then we go in that one, and I'm like, no! It's another terrible store. It doesn't have any dude stuff. I need hats or cool stuff or football. And that's it. So there's one store in the mall, Dick's. And then after that, it's like, oh, this is terrible. And it's like it never ends. And, and I don't know if y'all feel like I do, but I'm just going to say it. Like, when I was little, my mom used to drag me to Hamricks. Have any of y'all, I'm talking about old school Hamricks, not the new school Hamricks. And it's like immediately when you walk in there, you get tired. I'm convinced they have, like, the stuff in the air. Like, I don't even know what it is. It's like the stuff in Turkey, and it's, like, in the air. And so you're like, oh, my gosh, mighty. And so you have to, and this might just be me, <laughs> but you have to do something bad, right? So I would hide in the, in the clothes, inside and I would grab people's ankles because that's felt like, right? And here's why. Because it felt like it was never going to stink in the end. It was eternity. Miserable. And that's what shopping is today. I swear it feels like it's never going to end. Get this over with, my gosh. And Lee looks at me and goes, you just being mean. I said, you took me shopping. It's your fault. My gosh. Okay, so here's the other thing that comes to my mind. And this might be more annoying to you than the last illustration. Y'all remember when we were kids, and I, I, like, I don't know if it was what show it was on, maybe Sesame Street or something, I can't remember. This is the song that never ends. Who remembers it? Raise your hand. This, it goes on and on, my friends. Some people started singing, and, other, and it goes on and on. And I just want to tell you, you're welcome, because I put that in your head for the rest of the day. So you're welcome. But, like, that song is so annoying, and it never ends, and it's eternity. And so, like, there's stupid things like that that come to my mind because I think when I'm shopping, oh, my gosh, is this ever going to end? This is miserable. Or I think, that song is so stupid, and if you play it one more time, like, Lainey's got Disney songs right now playing on, I don't know if y'all have seen uh, Sophia the First, but we've got a stupid CD that Katie Bigby bought us, I think, or Shannon bought us one of them, and it's awful because it keeps playing. And I looked at Leah this morning on the way to church and said, is that junk ever going to get tiring because it's old to me? And that's the kind of stuff like it bothers us. And we think, oh my gosh, this is going to take forever. But that's so jacked up because forever is not what our forever is. And that's kind of why I told you those today is because shopping is terrible, but it's really only a couple hours. And that song is terrible, but eventually you run out of batteries <laughs> or you press power. And forever is truly something that, I'm just being honest with you, and I'm going to give you something to try to wrap your mind around it, but it is not something that any human being that has ever lived on this planet has ever really fully figured out. Because our finite minds can't get it. It's so much bigger than we can do, because we have this time and space thing that we live in, 
and it makes sense. I'm going to live 85-ish years, and this body might not last that long, whatever. And so we're, I'm going to do the best I can for as long as I can, but I'm going to die. There, there's an end. And that's the way we think is beginning, end, and it's safe. No one in here, I don't think, no one in here is like, I want to die. But there's a comfort to it because I have a certain amount of time. And some of us might say, you know what, I'd like to live 500 years, but that is a time limit. That stops. The oldest man ever to live recorded history in the Bible, Methuselah, 969 years. Time limit. That's a long, 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 long time. I don't want to live that long on this earth. But there was still a limit. And limits make it safe. It feels safe. No limits feels like you're nervous. Like that's, that's just, I can't control that. I don't like that. And that's the difficulty that we have with eternity is we can't really get our minds completely around what eternity really is. But here's why it's important, and for the next couple minutes, this is why I want you to really try to get this, is eternity is real, and there's not one person. I don't care if you're an agnostic and you're sitting in here this morning, or you're, you're an absolute Bible thumper like I am, and you've read your Bible every day this week, which I hope y'all have. I hope every one of y'all have done that. I tweet it out and try to get y'all to do it every single day. Regardless of what you believe or why you believe it, every one of you were born eternal. There was a beginning point to when you were born. You can say the date that is your birthday, but the end is not your death. That is really just the beginning. And no matter what you believe or why you believe it, it's serious. Because you were an eternal being. You were created and there is no end. There's a blip in the radar screen that is 80 to 90 years off, hopefully, Lord willing, if we live that long. But that is just a blip. Because eternity is really long. And I want to, we didn't even put this on the screen, but I, I want to read to you what one of the versions of um, the Bible says in John 3.16. It says, For God lo so loved the world and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten unique son so that whoever believes, which means to trust in, cling to, and relies on him shall not perish, which means come to destruction to be lost forever and ever, but to have eternal or everlasting life. And that's the Amplified version. If y'all are wanting to know which version that is, I love reading the Amplified because it just adds words that make sense or more clearly translates the Bible. And so this is the deal. That is the most common verse in the world. Almost everyone knows John 3.16, but when you understand that trusting in Christ is, means cling to and relies on completely, and it is forever and ever, and to not trust in Jesus or rely on him to live your own way, there is a penalty. There is a penalty, and it's separation from God's glory for all of eternity and torment and suffering. But when we take a step back and we look at it from a, from a broader view, and we realize the fact that I am here on this earth, and I am always, almost always, living for right now, trying to make that next dollar, make that next bill like we all have to do. we got four hospital payments or doctor's payments because my kid's always sick or always trying to get to the next thing. And I never look at eternity so that my neighbors, I've never shared the gospel with them and I never look at it because I'm in today. I'm in now and I don't live for anything. And my goal by the end of this for you guys and for me is that we will stop looking so much at today and we will start looking at forever because every one of us will be there. It just depends on where we're going to be. So let's pray and we're going to get started. God, I'm grateful that you made us fearfully and wonderfully, and you love us. You made us in your image, like Genesis 1.27 says, and you made us to live with you and bring you glory forever and ever. And I pray, even though we can't fully comprehend it, God, I pray that in the next couple minutes, with two points and 
some simple stuff. I, I pray that you'll help us. The most important thing is, God, if, if there's people here, they're sitting here that don't know for sure if they've trusted you as Savior, I pray that today's that day, that today's the day of salvation. And for every one of us that have, I pray that we leave here thinking, I need to walk with Jesus. I need to think eternal through everything that I do. So give us that strength like only you can. We love you, Jesus. Amen. So I want to give you two points this morning, two simple points on eternity. And the first one is eternity doesn't use our clock. I've kind of already hit on this, but eternity doesn't use our clock. Um, because what... When I think of eternity, I still want to try to put a cap on it, right? I still want to kind of, it, there's got to be an end. There's got to be something I, it, to make sense completely. Even if you said a trillion billion years, that's stupid, that, like that's ridiculous how long, but it, it stops after a trillion billion. But there's none, and it's so hard to put your mind around. And I, I want to read to you uh, 2 Peter 3 and kind of walk you through what Peter's saying here. It says, 2 Peter 3, verse 8 says, But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. And so what Peter's saying here is, look, your clock's not the same as God's clock. There's finiteness to us. There's, there's, there's a box. There's, there's, God has no box. There's no limits. He is infinite, and he is, he is unbelievable. There's no limits to him, and so stop trying to think my day's his day and his day's my day. No. A thousand years is like one day, and one day's like a thousand years, and that's honestly just a, a human picture of what truth really is, and it's probably not even close to enough. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises. Some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that should all should reach, uh, all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the, heaven, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and its works that are done on it will be exposed. And so I just want you to catch this real quick. God does not work on your time. And sometimes that's really frustrating. Like there's an old Southern Gospel song. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. And that's a frustrating song because I want God right now. And this is, what, this is what Peter's saying to us is, look, guys, your day and God's day is not the same thing. Like, he's been here. He always has been. That is so hard to put your mind around. He was not created. He just is. And so when I pray to God and beg him to do something and it doesn't happen right now, I'm like, oh, I want it to happen right now. And Peter's like, look, be patient. Your time is not God's time, and he's got it a lot better than you do. He knows the right time for everything. And this is stuff that's happening right now, and this is for all of, the, all of eternity as well. So I heard an illustration one time, and I've always liked this. It is hard to get your mind around, but, but I've, I've always liked this. So pretend there's a bird, and he's sitting on my shoulder. Hello, bird. If y'all want to talk to him, you can. You can say hello to the bird. And, and, like, he flies out right now and leaves here, and he goes to Myrtle Beach, and he picks up one grain of sand. Can you, can you picture it? And he's flying, and then he goes and picks up just one grain, and he leaves Myrtle Beach, and he flies all the way to L.A., or one of the beaches on the West Coast, and he drops the grain of sand in. Then he flies all the way back. That would take a long time, right, to do one. The moment that he's flown back and forth and back and forth, one grain at a time, and he's cleared the entire eastern seaboard of, of beach, every single grain of sand is gone. He's gone from one 
coast to the other, one grain of sand at a time. And the moment that the beach is completely gone, the first day of eternity begins. The moment that every single grain, and I, I don't know how many billions and billions and billions and billions that would be, but the moment that every single piece of sand is gone, eternity begins. And all that gives you a sick feeling in your stomach because we want end. We want there to be limits, and there is no limit. Every human being sitting under my voice, on the internet, or anything else, it, it doesn't matter. Truth is truth, and you, this is the truth. You are created for all time, forever. And there is no end to it. And it is really impossible to put your mind completely around that because we have limits to our thoughts. But here's the truth. Every one of you, this is serious. And this next point is very serious. Because no matter what you believe or why you believe it, you will face judgment and after that, eternity in an eternal body. And so it's serious. God doesn't use our clock. Number two, eternity is what we should be waiting for or longing for. It's what, it's what should keep us up at night, not bills, not stuff like it does me, not, not the stuff that we think of right now, but it's eternity that should keep us up. It's eternity that is, like, when we strive to do things, I just want you to answer this question for yourself, okay? Like, what excites you? Is it people getting saved or seeing real life change? Or is it, other stuff in our lives? Is it bringing honor to the Lord or getting a bigger house and a bigger car? And, and honest to goodness, there's nothing wrong with that as long as that's not what we eagerly wait for and hope for. If the only thing that I hope for is a promotion or more money or less debt or whatever stresses me out right now, if that's the only thing that I hope for, I'm miserable. And like I'm telling you, there's not one human being on the planet that is consistently at peace if this is not what they're longing for, if this is not what they're hoping in. Say, Mark, I, I don't really talk to, I don't have anybody in my life that, that I know that, that doesn't know the Lord. I promise you do. If you live in a neighborhood, I, I, I promise you have neighbors that don't know Jesus. It, take, it just takes effort. And it takes you getting off your couch and going outside and saying, hey, you want to throw the cornhole? You want to hang out? You want to grill some burgers? Why, why are you doing this, man? Why, why do you want to hang out? I'm thinking about eternity, man. I want you to know. If you reject it, I'll still love on you, but I want you to know. Listen to what Peter said as he continues this thought. Is, Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? Waiting for, there's that word, waiting for, it's what we should be doing and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to the promises we are waiting for, listen to this, and if you have a pen underlined, this is really cool, for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. And this is what Peter's saying is y'all are waiting on stuff that doesn't matter, that's jacked up, that, that like it... It consumes us, and I, I'm going to be honest with you about me for a second. Like, I really like football. I really do. And I'm excited about, I don't think it's like August 30th or 28th or something when college football season opens, and I'm going to be pumped up. I'm going to be at the game in Columbia at 6 o'clock playing North Carolina. I'm excited about it. 
if that is the only thing that consumes my life is looking at the internet, finding out what's going on, and all the stuff about 18 to 22 year old young people, if that's the only thing that consumes my life, or it's an NFL team, or it can be anything else for a man, and obviously for some women it's different, but whatever it is that consumes us other than Jesus and eternity, that is our God. The thing that consumes you and your thoughts and your time and your money and your and everything that you do, the thing that consumes you, and it can be your wife, which is awesome, and you should love your wives, and you should love your husbands, but if that consumes you over eternity and over your walk with Jesus Christ, then that is your God. And the reason you don't have peace in your life is because that is what is taking your time. This is what Peter's saying right here. Stop! Mark, quit being a moron. This is what I feel like when I read this, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I know these things, but I still do it. I'm still so shallow. Stop. Think of all time forever and how you're going to be remembered because of the first thing someone says about me when I die and I'm laying there and they say he loved the Gamecocks really that's it for Mark he loved the Gamecocks and he was pretty good daddy I want the first thing people say about me is he loved Jesus and then he was a great daddy and husband and he loved his community and his church but it's got to be in that order because if I love my church more than I love Jesus and my family, I have failed. This becomes a cult, a God, instead of Jesus and eternity. And I don't make a difference for the kingdom because I'm so consumed with me or making more people or getting more stuff or going bigger or going bigger. And I miss what Peter's saying. And this is the deal. For every one of us, Jesus is making a new heaven, new earth that Peter talks about right here. And this is, if y'all don't hear anything I say, I think this part's really cool. And this is what can happen to every single person in this room today, and I think this is fascinating. I don't normally give you Greek words because they sort of bore me, <laughs> and it's a little too educated for me sometimes, but I found this one, and I always study them because I want to know. Uh, I find this one fascinating, and we can't miss it. There's a word, kainos, K-A-I-N-O-S, kainos, and it's the word for new here, the new heaven and the new earth, and we're going to find it in the next passage that we read and the one that we're going to close with. And this is, this is unbelievable. Neos is the word for brand new. Like if you, if, if you go out and get a, a car, and there wasn't an old car, you just go get a new car, and that's a Neos car. But if I go out and I take my Saturn, which is beautiful, and I get a new paint job, and they put a new, they pimp my ride, you know what I'm talking about? Someone say amen. And they, so my, my Saturn gets pimped up, and it's nice now, that's Kanos. That's taking an old junk garbage thing and making it renewed. That is what Jesus does with us. And that's the picture that he does with the earth and with heaven. And I want y'all to see this in, in um, Romans 8, 18 through 25. Because I think, I talked about man and how we've fallen. And, and I think we miss the whole picture of the fallenness and why we should think of eternity. But this kind of ties in last week. So if you missed it, forgive me, but, but it'll be easy to tie in. But I want y'all to hear this. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, this is Romans 8, 18. I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us in heaven. All time is going to be amazing. For the creation, listen to this very carefully. I want you all to hear this. And if you've never heard this before, or even you've read it and you've skimmed over it, this is so cool and frustrating all at the same time. For the creation waits eagerly, Excuse me, for the creation waits eager, longing for the revealing of the sons of God. 
For the creation was subjected to the futility, not willing, but because of him who subjected it in hope that creation itself will be set free from the bondage to the corruption and obtain the freedom of glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly and wait eagerly for the adoption of sons for the redemption of our bodies. Now, I'm going to stop at 24 and listen to this. This is what it's saying. At the fall of man, the entire creation has grown. It's not been perfect since the Garden of Eden. In the very first part of Genesis, everything that you see is fallen. Everything is hurting. And our creation, the, the ground that we walk on groans for the coming of Christ. Why? Because it knows Kainos is coming. It knows that renewing is going to take place when God comes and makes a new heaven and a new earth. That simply means he's going to take what is here. And when we come back for a thousand years to live here, he is going to make it like the Garden of Eden was throughout the whole thing, perfect, renewed. So the most beautiful things that I have ever seen on this planet, and there's things that come to mind immediately. I've told y'all Maui was the coolest. I mean, that was the best trip we ever took, and it was unbelievable seeing the sunsets over the huge mountains and that water. It's, if you've never been there, it's hard to describe it. You could look on Google Images all you want. How many of y'all are watching North America, that show North America? No one? It's incredible. Y'all should watch it. It's really cool, for real. And there's some things on there that are like, oh my gosh, that is unbelievable. I've seen the Canadian Rockies and the massive mountains that come up and all throughout the West Coast, those huge mountains, and it's breathtaking. And they are still flawed because they are fallen. And they are nothing in comparison to what this earth is going to be when it's renewed. The most beautiful grass, the most beautiful sunset, the bluest water, the most majestic mountains are all fallen and they groan for being renewed by the Lord. And you know what? You know who the only created thing that doesn't groan to be renewed is us? We're cool with being in that junk that we are down in the depths. Listen to what 24 and 25 says. For, for in this we hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. If you can see it, touch it, if it's tangible, I don't hope that there's water here. There's water here. For who hopes in what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And that's talking about the coming of Jesus for all of eternity. We wait and we hope in him. Our hope is filled on nothing less than Jesus, than Jesus and his righteousness. And if we don't hope in him, if we don't eagerly wait for eternity, if eternity is not what, is, what our minds are set on, there's a reason for that. I want you to listen to this very carefully. As I close, this is the closing. So stay with me. I promise just a couple more minutes. I'm about to take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I'm going to put a bow on this in all of eternity, and this is what I want you to hear. There is a reason that each person here does not hope for eternity. We don't wait eagerly in the things that we cannot see, like the wind. We know it's coming, but we really can't see it. We just see its effects. Well, that's the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. We can't see him, and sometimes we wish we could. We, could, we wish we could have walked with Jesus, but... But we wait eagerly and hope for him. Why? Because we've seen the things that he's done in our lives if we've trusted him as Savior. And if you've never seen the Spirit of God move in your life, maybe he's never been in there. Because this is what happens to every person. Every one of you, kainos, takes place. This is the same word in the original language, kainos. This is what 2 Corinthians 5 says. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. No one. We don't look at you anymore. 
You've trusted Christ. We don't, we don't look at you like the, the same that we used to. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Listen, this is the verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is kainos. He is a kainos, new creation. But it's not like you've been completely destroyed and made new. You are renewed through Christ Jesus. You are, you are made new. The old has passed away. Behold, the new, the kainos, has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that is in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins or trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors. You, every one of you here, I don't care what you think, you are a warrior, an ambassador for Jesus Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Look for him. Let him change you. For our sake, he made him to be sin. Listen, he made him to be sin. Who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Every one of you have this right in your life right now. Every one of you. I don't care what you've done. And listen, there's some jacked up people in this room and I'm the worst one. And if y'all don't believe that, you need to go back and listen to last week because my mind is jacked up. I struggle every day. I get so frustrated with myself. But here's my right. Today, I don't have to leave the same that I was before I came. I can be renewed. I can be different. But I can still be Mark. He doesn't make Mark something else. And I, I get tired of Christians saying, well, well, you still like football. Yes, I still like football. That's how God made me. But he made me new. He renewed me in my life. I'm not the same that I was before Christ. Because I have Kanos inside of me because the Holy Spirit of the living God came in me when I trusted, I cling to, and I dwelled in him like John 3.16 says. He is everything in my life. He is the first and the last. He's the morning star. He is what I have to fix my eyes on. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can get to the Father except through Jesus. And unless I cling to him, I have no hope. I can have a good life and a good house. I can have a good marriage even. But at the end of the day, when I put my head on my pillow, I see no hope. And why? It's because I haven't fixed my eyes on eternity and how I can make a difference for the kingdom today. And when I do that, and eternity is what I want to make a difference in my life and not just getting through today and when I want to see a difference made in my life, that is when my life will be at peace. When I look to help others more than I help myself, that is when I will be at peace. When just it's not all about me. Because if you fix your eyes on eternity and what heaven's going to be like, and it is going to be amazing. Why? Because he makes it Kano, so he's renewing it as we speak. There's a heaven there right now, but it's not the heaven you're going to spend all of eternity in because he's going to put his little twist on it and make it even better. And forever and ever, always, you will spend your eternity somewhere. And this is the question. Have you deeply fallen in love with Jesus? So that the people that walk around you and know you, and the people that see you on the street, they say, something's different about that cat. Kanos took place in his life. He's new. He's still Mark. He's still Jason. He's still Robbie. He's still Katie. He's new. She's new. Something's different. It's like they want to talk about forever. And I just say, I do. 
I do because it's real and I want you to know Jesus like I know Jesus and at that moment you can make a difference it is time for us to stop looking at people and saying man they're awesome they can make a difference for Jesus and start looking at Jesus and saying man he can make a difference in me and because he's made a difference in me I can be called the, I can be called the righteousness of God and if God be for me, who can be against me? I can make a difference in everyone's lives around me because I love Jesus. So if you're here this morning, I believe there's, there's a couple groups of people, and I want you to make a decision this morning. I want you to be real. I want to know first if you've never trusted Jesus. And the way that you know that is, is 2 Corinthians 5. There's never been a renewing in your life. People that see you don't recognize Jesus in you. I'm just being honest with you. Once you're saved, you're saved forever and always. In two weeks, I'm preaching that message. And you cannot lose your salvation for anything or anyone. Not suicide, not anything can cause you to lose your salvation. But the fear that I have in the church is that many people that say that they have salvation have never had a change in them. They've never seen Jesus come in and transform their lives. Kanos. So this morning, I want to give you an opportunity. And if pride's the reason you won't get up or raise your hand, then that's the God that you'll cling to. But at the moment that you say, you know what, this, this is what I want. I want that peace that Jesus offers me. Well, then you have hope for all of eternity. And it's, it's hope that we can sit in and rest in and cling to because it's Jesus. And for every person in this room that is saved, and I believe there's a lot of us, I wonder how many of us need to fix our eyes on eternity and stop worrying about today. Will you bow your heads with me as we close? How many of y'all would be honest enough, bold enough? To, I just, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. How many of y'all would say, Mark, if I'm being honest this morning, dude, I, oh, I might have said a prayer when I was a kid or something, but there was never really a change in me, or I've never, <laughs> I've never done that. Mark, I need to get saved this morning. I'm just going to ask you to slip your hand up. I need to get saved this morning. I, I need Jesus. I don't care if you play in our band. I don't care if, if I don't care what your job is. We're all equal. That we're all equals. I just want to know how many of y'all would say, Mark, that's me. I need I need Jesus this morning. Just being honest, Mark. I, I just want you to slip your hand high. No shame at all. Slip your hand high and say, I need Jesus. Raise it up right now, please. I need Jesus this morning. Pray for me. Will you pray for me, Mark? I need Jesus. Raise it up real high. I need to be saved. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. How about for everybody else? Good crowd this morning. I wonder how many people will be honest with me. I'm not going to ask you to move right now. I just want you to raise your hand. Dude, if I'm being real, man, I think about me or my problems or the difficulties or even good stuff like football, and I almost never, very rarely think of eternity and think about honoring Jesus with my life. Will you just pray for me? I just want you to slip your hand up. Don't look around. You don't have to look around. Just pray for me. Slip your hand up right where you are. Pray for me, Mark. I'm, I need to make a difference. I want to make a difference, and I'm struggling. Just pray for me. That's me. Slip your hand up and you put it right back down. Pray for me. That's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
That's me. In just a minute, the band's going to come back up and we're going to close, but I just want to give you a time to reflect and pray and I'm going to do the same. So just right where you are, just think about the people in your lives that you can reach, you can talk to, that you live with, do life with, play with, your family, your friends, that you can make a difference and show the kingdom, show the people in this area, I want to make a difference for Christ. God, we're so grateful for an awesome morning. We're grateful to live in this country and that, that you made us fearfully and wonderfully and you put us here. And so God, our prayer this morning is that... Um, that we won't leave here the same, but we'll be different. And we'll be kingdom people because we look at eternity and not the next minute or hour or day. But that we'll focus on how can we help someone today for all of eternity. Are the next, are the next words that I'm going to say to the clerk, the banker, the person at the gas station, are they helping someone's eternity or am I pushing them away? God, help us always be mindful of how powerful we are in Christ. We love you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen.